0: And Welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner, as always, joined by my co-host Chris Letha out on Long Island. We've got a real good show today. Uh, Russ Cohen, founder of Sportsology, is going to come in and help us look at the Matthew Shane deal that went down this week. Brian Yates is going to join us later in the show to look at the Red Wings, where they're at, where they're headed, and so on down the line with, with Red Wings Nation. So, we've got a great show for everybody. Stay tuned. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner, along with Chris Lisa. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers Podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Stiles from Cali Sports News, reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn,
1: you know, I'm likely the finest man I've ever met in my life.
0: This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Quinn
1: Malarczyk. There's something about George McSee that everybody says is a good kick. This is the Vegas
0: Hockey Podcast, and we're talking with Dana
1: Lane, play-by-play
0: voice of the MLB Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. All right, hockey fans, welcome to another episode of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Vegas Hockey Pod. Go over to Russ Cohen's Sportsology SoundCloud page. You can find us there. You can find us at Grandstand Sports Network, uh, thehockeywriters.com. We're pretty much all over the map. We're going to welcome in Russ Cohen to the show today to break down the Matt Shane trade with us after... Uh, you, about a year of this, uh, Sackett finally did pull the trigger on this deal. Rice, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time to join us this Anytime. Yeah, uh, always appreciate absolutely. having you on, sir. Um, so, what did you think, first of all, just out of the gate when you heard this deal was finally done? What was your first impression?
1: My first impression was, you know, let me see what they got because they just come out, come off of playing Philly, and I was a little. Uh, well, just say my radar was up because Joe Sakic was on the trip, so I had a feeling something might be happening. And you know, Dushane had okay. a good game that night. He he had a uh, he had a goal, and so you know, my thinking was something could happen, and it did the next day. And so after that, I, I looked at what the haul was, and I said, you know, most most, if not every team in this deal did very well. Like this was one of those trades where. It could really work out well for everybody. Now there are a few caveats, but so far, I you know I think everybody did okay on the surface.
0: Well, let me bring in Chris to look at it from the Colorado angle, and then we'll get into it from the Senators in Nashville perspective a little bit later on.
2: Hey, Ross, glad you've been able to jump aboard a little bit. Um, yep. So the pro per the pro to to this deal for Colorado is going to say, wow, uh, Joe Sackett got six really good assets for for Matt Shane who's a free uh, a UFA after next season. The person who's going to be more con uh, will, might say, well, yes, but he didn't get an elite prospect back. He didn't get a Thomas Shabbat. You know, he he didn't get a Dante Favaro He didn't even though we got three draft picks, they're going to be towards the end of each of those rounds. Valuable, but not not elite. So, so where do you come on that? And then, then the second part is, you can just give us a little background on the three players. You know, Gerard who played yesterday uh, in, in Sweden for Colorado, Bowers, uh, Kamyanev as well. A little scouting there, and, and and just so everyone out there knows, when I first heard the trade, I said, okay, what is Colorado getting? And the first name I heard was on the uh, uh, air with Brian Yates, who's coming on later, and he said, "Oh, Colorado got Sam Gerard And I thought of Russ immediately because about a month before the 2016 draft, he was on this very show, and I said to him, "Russ, give me a sleeper, a guy we should be paying attention to that you like a lot." And he said, "Sam Girard, who went the middle of the second round of that draft." So, so uh, big, you know. How, how do you see uh, those those two things for Colorado?
1: I think Colorado did well. I mean I think Sam Gerard is is close to elite. I mean we're we're talking about playing in the NHL at his age. He's got already like four points in six games, something to that degree. He on some teams can play the top power play and other ones he'll play the second. Right now he's playing the second, which is fine. He could he'll probably be a three for most teams and for that one he will because they have Tyson Barry. But again, that's terrific. I mean that's something they've added now an element that they didn't really have with Matt Shane, And that is now they've got two solid power plays and they've already cashed in on that in the game in Sweden. So I thought that was good. And Shane Bowers is a really good prospect. I'm, I'm sold on him making it to the NHL. And I think he could be a really good second line center, plays a complete game, but probably can be a 55 point guy. And so I, I like what Sackett got now having you know, he had 21 goals last year. He, he showed high-end skill in international play and as he moved up the ladder. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not as high-end as I thought it might be in the AHL. So, like, as far as his development goes, you know, he's a big, strong guy. He's got an edge to his game, so he'll be in the penalty box. He will score goals. I don't know if it would be a massive factor for them. But, again, I think they did really well in this trade, and, and you hope – even just one out of those three picks hit really well, then they did really well. Because, again, Matt Duchesne wouldn't have been there by the end of next year, right. no matter what.
2: Yeah, and also he was going. keep in mind, in terms of those three draft picks, granted, odds are, you know, Ottawa's first and third and Nashville's second, you know, they're not going to have, you know, a top 10 pick or probably a top 15 right. pick. But Bowers was picked, I think it was 28th overall, and like you said, yeah. he... He may not be become an elite player, but he's gonna, you know, if you get a top six forward, especially a second line center. Now they might have to wait on him a little bit, right? Is he at the yeah two, two
1: three uh, years for sure?
2: Yeah. Okay, which is okay because they they have a lot of young yeah. forwards. So. So no, I I uh, I I hear you on that. And uh, uh, but uh, last question for me: What about the the aspect of you know Gerard uh, being a little undersized? They're full, They're don't big pick from last year's draft. You're okay with
1: that? I, I don't, don't care. Attitude. You can't catch him. There's no way of catching Gerard on the ice. Nobody nobody gets a hold of him. Nobody cleans his clock because he's there and gone before you generally get there. And he knows how to get rid of the puck quickly, and he plays good defense. actually got great catch-up speed. And and so I don't worry about Sam Gerard at all. I don't worry about the size. And, and remember, they're – they could still be a playoff team this year because if Tyson Jost gets healthy, he looked really good in the early going. I think he's a pro already. Then you've got that second-line center spot locked up again once he's back. So I, I I think in a lot of ways, they may not have lost any offense at all in this Duchenne trade. But that but that has to be with the healthy Jost.
2: Right, interesting. All right, Mark, uh, I'm going to leave it to you from uh, Ottawa's and Nashville's perspective.
0: Well, let, Let's start with with Nashville, and you know, I, I was big on Sam Gerard, just like you were, us. But having the, the mm-hmm. defensemen that they have in Nashville kind of makes that an asset that's, that doesn't really maybe get missed in your system for a few years. Um, a second-round pick is a second-round pick. And uh, not just recent events in Vegas. Um, we have to see what, what Hamanev is going to bring, but if if you if they were going to trade Gerard Heminev and a second for Kyle Torres, don't they do that deal,
1: uh, you know, 100%
0: of the time?
1: Yeah, because they have that for depth sure. on defense. And, and so that's, that's definitely – now, the biggest thing is, is they got cost certainty with Torres because they got him locked up. And he's not locked up to huge, you know, top-line center money. He's hooked into that, well, I'm sort of like a 1A kind of money. Same, you know, sure. same as Johansson. He's making a little more. And so – now they have a, a locked-up combination of two young centers, one and two, with good size and skill. That's something they hadn't had before. Now that's something where if they'd have matched up against the Penguins with that a year ago, might have looked a little better. Right.
0: And I, I was thinking the same thing. It, with, with Fisher playing the number two before he got hurt, they was, I mean, Fisher was really best suited at a, uh, a third-line type center. So bringing yeah. in that bringing in Turris to play second line behind Johansson, pushing uh, pushing the, their depth at center just got really solid. And and you're right, yeah. um, ha- having you know, it, you know having Johansson and a healthy tourist, uh, you know seven game series anyway. But it would have been a lot more interesting from Nashville's perspective going against yeah. Pittsburgh with the, that depth at center and and. I, I like you know short term goal. I think that you know Nashville came out on top is my opinion on the trade just for that reason. Um, they're still in that you know they have one of the best defense, if not the best defense uh, combination of puck movers, stay at home, two ways um, in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League, and then then you have yep. that depth down the center and and obviously solid in net. I think bringing Turris in might put them at the forefront of uh, the Western Conference.
1: It could. Uh, they need to just, you know, make sure Renee's is sharp, which he has been at the start of the year, and that's great. Uh, Saros needs to win more games. He won his first, but he needs to really be able to win games because I still was not comfortable with him after the, you know, what he did in the Stanley Cup, which wasn't good, and to start the season. But we'll see. Maybe he's on the, on the mend. Uh, yeah, I think Nashville is one of the top teams. There, there's no doubt in the West.
0: So that, that does take us to the uh, Ottawa perspective. What does – with the subtraction of Turris and the addition of Duchesne, what different dynamic does that bring to the Ottawa Senators team?
1: Well, I mean, we saw Duchesne play yesterday. He wasn't taking a lot of shots. He was, there's going to be like a little bit of a fitting in process, but it, it sure. gives them another goal scorer because he is a, uh, a goal scorer before he's really a playmaker. So that's something where Ottawa sort of needed that, and I think that's a big thing. Now, they're going to have to get him signed. Uh, He is a Halliburton native, so he's not too far from there. So it's possible he might take a little less to sign with them because they're never going to offer him top money because they're a budget team. But if they get him signed, then from their perspective, they did great. Now, if all of a sudden, it turns into Keith Yandel with the Rangers, and they don't get to retain him well, then they they better win the Stanley Cup or at least get to the Stanley Cup before his time is up. Otherwise, it didn't work out that great for them.
0: No, you could look at the Milan Lucic deal in L.A. where they, they pick him up for uh, a first-round pick, Martin Jones, mm-hmm. and Colin Miller and weren't able to retain him. And that kind of set the Kings back for a couple of years, getting uh, losing that pick. And also now Colin Miller going from Boston to Vegas and really contributing on
1: their power well, play. Well, that, that set them uh, back. That set them back. And the Sakara trade set them back. Because absolutely. they gave up Roland McEwen in that deal and a pick. And Roland McEwen is playing right now in the NHL for Carolina and looking good. And, of course, the yeah. Kings could really use a guy like that now, actually. absolutely, <laughs> as, as, as
0: well as they're playing right now. But, yeah, those –
1: those two were no, but they you're still you're could, long term.
0: yeah, absolutely. And you, when you trade for somebody, and you're you know, you look at what they did give up with a first and a third, and and Bowers, and then if if you know, if they can't come to terms with Duchesne, it was like a year and a year and seven eighth rental, That's a steep price to pay if they can't do what does Duchesne what does Duchesne look like if he does hit the open market term wise? Uh, I'm sure someone would max in term. What is he? Is he going to be a six to seven guy, or is he going to be? Yeah, he'll be a season? six I to know. seven. Right. He'll, he'll
1: be a six to seven, and he'll probably get, uh, depending on how many goals he ends up with this year and next year. If he gets around 25, 30, like he's capable of, you know, he'll get around six and a half seven million bucks a year.
0: and I'm sure I'm sure someone will offer in terms. So there's actually, you know, it's kind of yeah. a gamble on Ottawa's part. Uh, so, someone like the Rangers or somebody could come in and throw 8 million a year full term at him. It's hard to turn that down, especially with uh, the taxes being what they are and, and that kind of stuff, kind of a gamble on Ottawa's part.
1: It's a gamble. But again, when you're a team that, you know, has a player like Eric Carlson and have made some other moves where they have a pretty deep system as far as prospects go, like you mentioned, Shabbat and, and there's you know there's no shortage. Colin Wilson, who's out right now with that wrist injury, but he was looking real good at the NHL level. They have a really good system there, so they have guys. So Bowers is just another guy, and and he's a good one. But they have a deep system, so they they could make that they could take that risk. But you still sort of want to make sure there's that payoff. So you know we'll see. But right now this year, they're going to be a good team. I mean if Anderson stays solid, they're a solid team. They're. Uh, They'll be one of those teams that will be on the playoff level all year.
0: That, uh, you, I mean, remember, and I was I was guilty of it last year, was just waiting for uh, the curtain to fall, and they were one game from the Stanley Cup final in the East. So um, yep. the, their their system was alike, um, and I'll, I'll reference the Kings again. When they the Kings were winning their Cups, they were the eighth seed, and they got in on the last day. Then they went in again, uh, got in, two days from the end and won the cup in 12 and 14. And Ottawa has that, not the same style, but a style that's more suited to playoff hockey than it really is towards the regular season. So um, I, agree I guess that. look for, you know what I mean? Look for them again to uh, have a deep run into the, into the. and I picked them second in, in their division again this year.
1: Um, and I, I don't think they're know, a lock yet though. I, I, I think this helps them get closer to being a playoff lock they're more of a playoff lock though when i picked them not to make the playoffs at the start of the year because they even though they lost tourists they gained some goal scoring and i was more worried about the goal scoring right right
0: well let me bring chris in i think he's got a couple more questions
1: to go before we got to let you go okay, I, I can go yeah. a couple more yep
2: yeah i got okay. one last one for russ and you kind of okay. hinted on it russ is uh Yes, no doubt Ottawa gave up a lot in this deal. I mean, Bauer's a strong prospect, two really good picks, uh, as well as hers. But, you know, I don't know what you, where you see these rankings, but, you know, the Hockey News has Brown, White, and Shabbat in the top 15 prospects of all of hockey with Shabbat near the top. So, you know, to, uh-huh. to be able to pull off adding Duchesne and not trading one of those elite prospects, if you will, uh, even if this winds up being a two-year scenario to try to win the cup, uh, you know you can understand that philosophy, uh, the gamble that they did take. And let's face it, any team that was going to acquire Duchesne, and this was part of the problem why it took so long, is they they are going a bit, a little bit on a ledge because there are no guarantees that you know Duchene will stay beyond when his contract ends.
1: Right, and they weren't going to give Torres six years because they're, like I said, they're a budget team, so they probably offered them four, maybe five max, and, and he was looking for that longer deal. So when you're a team like that, you have to sort of gamble a little bit. But they're gambling on their prospects, and Pierre Dorian's got a very smart crew there, and, and they do draft well. And I do think, you know, Logan Brown, Colin Wilson, and Thomas Shabbat could be within the top 15. I'm not going to say definitely because I'd have to really look at that, but they're right. definitely three of the best prospects out there. I mean, I'm you know, White's already made it to the NHL. Brown's really close, and Shabbat really could make it if they want him to, but they really want him to continue to play top-line minutes. We might see him towards the end of the season. If not, you'll see him next year. Top-pairing minutes. Well, All right, Russ.
0: Ah. Thanks thanks for joining us again to go through that. Um, Looks like there's upside and some possible downside to everybody. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find your stuff, man.
1: Sure, uh, www.sportsology.com. You can look me up on Amazon.com at Russ Cohen. I've got great books for the holidays or SoundCloud page, which you guys have advertised, which is great. And at Sportsology on Twitter, they finally gave me 280 characters, so I'll, I'll leave them alone for a while.
0: <laughs> All right, thank you so much, sir. We'll be talking to you down the road. All right, guys. See Thanks, Russ. Well, oh, all right, have uh, we had Russ in, on. absolutely, joined us on short notice to go through that. And, and uh, his, you know, he he's one of our go-to guys when we talk about prospects and and kids coming up and where they slot in. So it's, it's the perspective on the, the prospects that went to Colorado in the deal. I don't think anyone's better than Russ to come in and break that down for us.
2: Yeah, Russ and Zach Devine are tremendous. I mean, they both have different – uh, viewpoints and whatnot, but that's great, you know. I, I but, Well, uh, sure, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, so, so why don't we uh, jump into the Vegas lane here before we have Brian on. A big win last night. I have to tell you, sir, from afar, uh, you know, uh, wasn't an easy road trip. Uh, had, you know, the goalie situation. And, you know, Winnipeg has been playing really well. I mean, I think – On fire. I want to say they lost their first – they, they – they, uh, I want to say they lost their first couple of games, and since then they've, like you said, been on fire. So that was a big win last night. They come home after that six-game road trip, and then they then they hit the road again. You know, uh, they, they, they're off until Tuesday, and next week they're, they go to uh, Edmonton and Vancouver. So uh, and, and then come back to a stretch that's kind of more normal home and road split. So, you know, the road trip wasn't great, but they got through it. They survived it, and what makes it kind of in the rearview mirror was uh, another really good game, uh, home win last night. And I tell you about this team, it's, it seems like it's a different guy. every. You know, one night, Lindbergh gets a get goal or two. Last night it was called, so, you know, Neal always seems to be in the fray. Uh, so, you know, the goal scoring seems to be, um, you know, a, a good mix uh, from that
0: team. Absolutely, it is. Um, the offense is spread up and down all four lines. Even when you go down to the fourth line, Belmar had a beauty goal um, the other night. Nosek is is solid in the faceoff circle. Um, down down their fourth line, even is is just. I'm trying I'm trying to pull up some of my notes right now on um, where they are as far as offense, goals for, um, yeah, they're right there valid. at the top of the league. They're, they're right at the top of the league with goals for, um,
2: yeah. And they got, so, they're getting contributions so, from everybody.
0: And the, the other thing, you know, the, the road trip being what it was, they're still three, four and one on the road, which puts them about 46, 47% of their road points and move to, I want to say eight and one at home now, seven and one at home. So if you're gonna, and that's obviously, I don't think they're gonna hit 95% of, of points for in their in their home games. But if you look at at um, road points for, if you can get 50% of your road points, um, you know there's a bunch of teams in National Hockey League that would sign up for that. If you if you get 75% of your home points and 50% of your road points, you're solid, right? I mean that's and, and Absolutely. you know, even even well, that's what they say, so play watched, 500
2: on the road and play 500 on the road and have a strong home record and you'll be
0: fine. And that's the recipe that they're going with right now. So and even in the, even me and I and I, I put them at 70 points for the season and they're at 21 now. So it looks like that's a ticket that's going to cash for me. But um, I keep thinking that. There's that nagging feeling that the expansion blues are gonna, you know, come around for this team. But well, you know, you, things, this,
2: you know, injuries. They they've definitely had they've had a lot of injuries, obviously, to the goaltending. Absolutely, absolutely, the and the
0: they're team, forwards too. Marshall yeah, missed a couple games. That, Paul missed a couple games. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But Those nothing, important players. nothing drastic. They didn't they didn't lose Neil for a month or. Or, or something something along those lines. And and on the goaltenders, from what I've uh, seen, uh, it, it looks like all three guys, Flurry, uh, Subban, and Dansk, are, are on the med. Uh, mend, but there is no timetable. And, you know, considering uh, basically over the next 10 days or so, I think they have like two games because they, do, they don't play – until next week they, they don't the next game is until Tuesday, then they play Thursday. And then they don't play to the following Sunday. So basically over the next roughly ten days they have two games. Uh I think you'll see the in those two games and then we'll see where those goalies awesome. are at. So I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't expect at that point. So if they can split those two games, Edmonton and Vancouver, Vancouver's been a nice surprise as well. Edmonton is not been a nice surprise. Uh, uh, they had a couple <laughs> of wins this week, uh, really thanks to the three on two Trending a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean they were, you know, they got out. I'm not just saying this. I mean, I mean it was a rough night for the Islanders last night. Boy, oh boy, totally wait uh, was not happy. But um, be that as may, like, they they were very fortunate when win, Long Island got outplayed. But that's the thing about hockey. You can play a f- tremendous game, and unlike the other sports, when you play a tremendous game in hockey. Your goaltender can steal two points. It's 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 really hard to do that. It, it, it's almost impossible for that to happen in the other sports. But um, you know, then it was a back and forth game in New Jersey. So, but they need to get some wins going. But but in terms of the Knights, you got to be thrilled. And you know, real quick, uh, it leads to a bigger point. If this continues, come you know, come late January, they're going to have a tough decision on their hands. George McPhee, front office and ownership, in terms of. You know, big picture, because I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I think, I, I look at four guys on this team who are pending UFAs, Neal and Marcheseau so, and Peron and Spisa. Now, to me, Peron and Spisa would be two guys. You're definitely going to trade for the best package of picks and prospects you can get. And then out of Neal and Marchisot, I think they keep one of them. I think they sign one of them uh, now, uh, you know, between now and, let's say, the deadline, and they move one. But obviously, if they did those moves, uh, they would be kissing the playoffs, any chance of the playoffs goodbye. So that's going to be an interesting uh, quandary, if you will, for the team.
0: I don't know if you're kissing the playoffs goodbye. Um, like you just said, this team gets it from up and down the lineup. There's not one guy or two guys that this team relies on heavily. Um, well, if you're going to trade three of those um,
2: four, that, that's going to take a. Take a hit, you know, um, especially if you traded Neil, You know,
0: yeah, um, I think I think you got to try and focus on Marshall. So, if um, you're talking about trying to set something up for the future, um, he yeah, he's,
2: he's a few years he's a few years younger, and uh, I would he's think a lot cheaper. He I would think he would have a little bit less of a cap hit than than Neil. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. and, uh,
3: absolutely. And also, yeah.
2: uh, and let me see. Let me look it up. Neil is is Neil thirty one? Tell you in one second. Um, you always worry a little bit in any sport, but especially the physical sports, right? When the guy gets in his early thirties and you sign him to a bit of a long term deal, that okay, when is the wear and tear, and where can we expect? Uh, You know, expect a drop off. So, Neil uh, just um, turned—he's thirty. So, so you know, you sign a five, sign him to a five, or or even a six-year deal. uh, You're spying years thirty-one through thirty-seven. So that's that's a risky, you know, proposition. Um, And he's having such a great year. You might, you really might be able to cash in on him. um, You know, come the trade deadline, that team. Again, that team that's you know one player away. There's going to be a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams in the mix this year for the, who can should feel they have a chance uh, at the cup. You know, you can get you can get, a lot. you can get a first round pick and a top prospect. I would think at minimum for James Neal, as long as he continues uh, playing like this and, and stays healthy.
0: I think I'd ask for more than that. Um... But, no, point well taken. Um, Neil Neil might – if they still wanted to make some moves and stock file some more picks, I think you would do – we're just speculating, but I think you go Neil and Spisa because you do have other defensemen. Um, it's Shea Theodore yep. has kind of been in and out since he's come up, so you could just – that would open up uh, Shea Theodore's spot long term. And then yep. um, you try and sign March or so and, and ride or die. I think, I mean, I it, think it's sure generally I like
2: Perron Peron and get a couple of nice draft picks. Not a first, but, you know, maybe a two and a three kind of thing, you, you know, or a couple threes. I mean, depending upon what kind of year he's had, he's like a 20 goal guy, so he can help someone. Yeah, he does so. a lot
0: more. Um, I've got to watch David Perron's team a little bit more. And he's pretty fierce on the puck on the half wall. When he's a, when he's on the wall and down in the corner, it's really hard to get the puck away from that guy. He protects the puck so well and and maintains so many possessions that you could see other you know if someone else is on the ice, it's going to get cleared. And he he he's the kind of guy that I'd like to see him ride or die with. If um if you can't move, gotta remember him those you two, Mark. This
2: is this is. This is considered a really strong draft, so this draft, like a, a second, yeah. you know, first no, that's second is, is, is worth, you know, people are going to be a little bit more reluctant than usual uh, to, to, to let that go. So, like we just saw, Shane Bowers, last year was a pretty good draft. This year's rated, uh, at least initially, the thought process is much better. And Shane Bowers, who was a big part of that trade, probably the second piece, if you will, uh, the second-best piece Colorado got, uh, and he was 28 old last year, so. But and so, yeah, Gerard by far was uh, the
0: centerpiece. And the first. I think that first is pretty important, even though it is later in the round, like you said, it's, pretty, it's shaping up to be a good-looking draft, that first-round up. Well,
2: you piece. never know. I mean, Obviously, if you're a Colorado fan, <laughs> uh, no disrespect to Ottawa, but you don't want Ottawa to make the playoffs because all of a sudden, if that, you know, in a tight race, if somehow that happens, now you're looking at a top 15 pick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, it's uh, I, I think the first-round pick I saw was protected. If it goes within the top 10, then it's deferred until 2019 and the protection drops off.
2: Oh, is that right? So, uh, good job, Michael. Yeah, so I did if, not see that. Yeah. Well, not that,
0: and, and,
2: not, I guess they would have to miss the playoffs and win
0: the lottery. If they miss.
2: Yeah. It was, that'd be the uh, you know, like the Flyers looking did last year, right?
0: looking at last, yeah, look at last year's, uh, top three, um, the nice Knights dropping right. down to the six, but, uh, yeah, Hey, it, it's possible. And then they would also hold that pick. Um, interesting, a lot of moving parts there. And I guess, I guess we'll see if the Knights keep playing as well as they have. And there's a lot to, that I see in this team that is not fluky, um, not puck luck that's just sustainable. As, as to the team identity with their speed, their breakouts are very crisp. They've got um, very solid face-off play uh, above the middle of the pack, both on the power play and the penalty kill over their last 10 games. Um, that's that's a pretty solid recipe that, that, you know, all the effort plays that this team makes, um, as long as that picks up, I think what they're doing is, obviously they're not going to go seven and one for every eight games at home, but I, I think what they're doing is sustainable. Well, Brian Yates is on the line, called oh, to the NHL on the, on the Ice podcast with Chris during the week. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me on today. Mark?
2: Can you guys hear me? I hear you, Brian. Are you there, Mark? Uh, we lost Mark for a second. So Brian, why don't you break down for us the wings? Uh I think they're eight if memory serves correct, they're eight with the loss the other night. They're eight, eight, and one. They got off to a bad start. Or, excuse me, good start. Then had a little bit of a rough patch and kind of been playing five hundred since then. So what can you tell us about the wings so far?
3: Well, the main thing about the Red Wings this year is their start. Like you said, their first 17 games, 12 of them are on the road. Five of them are at home. But their next 15 games coming up, 13 are at home and two are on the road. So being 500 at this mark for the Red Wings is is pretty good for them considering how bad they struggled last year. They struggled out of the start. Um, you know, they they put nice wins together on the road. You can tell they were kind of tired in Calgary the other night. Um, you know, they gave up six goals, which is probably one of the highest goal totals of the season this year that they've given up. Um, I, You know what? For them being 8-8-1, eight, eight uh, 17 games into the season, it's pretty impressive considering 12 of the games were on the road.
2: Now, Brian, uh, you know, we've talked me and you've know, talked about the Wings a lot the last couple of years. How do you see, you know, right now the Wings aren't the team they used to be. They're not a, they're not a terrible team. They're a decent team. But, I mean, let's face it. I, I think it's fair to say that the best-case scenario for this team where they're currently at is, you know, they, they make the playoffs in one of those last spots and then and probably lose in the first round to a really good team. And that's not really where you want to be. So, big picture, where, where, does the, where do the Wings have to get better and then, and then with that, considering the 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 young kids that they have are all up for for contracts after this year, uh, you know, could could a lot of
3: changes be afoot? That that that's a great question. The big picture of the Red Wings: what do they need help at? Is absolutely they need help on defense. Uh, look, I have not been a fan of Ken Holland over the last few years with the signings that he has. He has signed uh, players too. Uh, he has signed Jonathan Erickson, who's a mediocre defenseman, to a 4.25 million dollar contract, all the way through 1920. Danny De another I believe mediocre defenseman. He signed five million, all the way through 21-22 season. Uh, Trevor Daly for a three-year deal. You know who's 34. All these guys are are up there. You know. Johnson Erickson is 33, Trevor Daly is 34, uh, Cronwall 36 still has two years left on his contract, which is 4.75, uh, Mike Green in the last year of the contract, this is probably their biggest blue chip heading into the season that they have. Uh, if, if they are out of the playoffs, you can expect Ken Holland to try and, and I really think he's going to try hard to move Mike Green somewhere. Um, uh. Offensive defensemen, you know, teams love offensive defensemen. Uh, Mike Green. They'll
2: do well for him, Brian. I mean, if they got two and three for for Smith last year, I I think they'll do pretty
3: good. you know, and and they've got uh, uh, two second rounds for next draft, two third rounds this draft. So look at look at Ken Holland to build on that. Uh, If if this team's out of the playoffs, to move Mike Green. Uh, Other than that, I mean, there's nobody else. I mean, unless somebody will take one of these other players and their contracts off their hands. uh, You look at the forward position, you know, I I think they have a bunch of talent on the forward position. But then they have guys that are signed to, you know, middle-of-the-road contracts that probably don't deserve it. Like Darren Helm signed to a four-year, you know, Four-year, $3.85 million contract. Al Decatur, he signed through 22-23 at 4.25. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Franz Nielsen, who's 33, which I know you're uh, familiar with, he signed through yep. 21-22 season at 33 years old. I mean, you're giving guys who are at their prime long-term contracts where at the end of their long-term contract, they won't be in their primes anymore. Um, they signed Luke Glendening, a fourth-line guy that any almost any AHLer could come up and probably fill that role at $1.8 million. I mean, these guys are backlogged um, in, in moving these guys up from the minors. I mean, you have guys in the minors, uh, uh who was their first-round pick a couple years ago that could come up, uh, Rasmussen, who was their la- first-round pick uh, last year. He's probably got about two years in the minors until he can come up uh, and contribute. But they have a lot of guys in their system that can't come up because they're so backlogged in the forward position in the uh, in the NHL. Uh, guys um, that have come around finally, Anthony Manta, he's got eight goals, leads the team in goals. Larkin, who had a sophomore slump last year, 13 assists. He's a team, assists. Samantha has 16 points. Leads the team in points, uh, you know. And, and Jimmy Howard. I mean, Jimmy Howard has since absolutely sh- nothing short of solid. I mean, 2.48 goals against this year, .92 save percentage. I mean, right now, I believe Jimmy Howard has been the MVP through 17 games of the season for the Red Wings. Now, you
1: know, that's
2: where I want to. That's where I want to go next with you. Is the goaltending is. Big picture. You know, Jimmy Howard, I uh, want to say off the time I had is 32, 33. He's signed through next season, I believe, making a good buck. And, and you got Morazic, who I know has been some stories of maybe not Ken Holland's favorite, who's a, who was exposed in expansion, not taken, but exposed in expansion, who's an RFA himself making $4 So he would get a increase on that. I mean, again, this team's looking towards the future. Who's going to be their number one goalie, and is that person not on the roster?
3: I I don't think that person's on the roster right now. Unless they cut Howard loose, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Mrazek. I mean, do they trade him? Um, Which I can see that happening. I can see Mrazek getting traded. If Howard can stay healthy for the rest of the season, Trade deadline, they try and move Marazic. Um, You know they've had some issues with him about his attitude. That's why he was left in expansion draft. He's got four million on this year's contract. He's an RFA with uh, arbitration eligible next year. So you know they can keep his rights or they can try and move him. But they got uh, Jimmy Howard at five point two nine million uh, going into next year. Now, is Mrazek ready after, you know, are are they ready to deal with him? Is he going to be the Red Wings' long-term solution? I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like they want to go in a different direction because Mrazek really hasn't grabbed that torch from Jimmy Howard um, like they thought he would. He's got the talent, but maybe it's his, you know, it's all in his head. It's, you know, the way he carries himself, his attitude, and his arrogance perhaps. Um, that they feel standoffish about maybe giving Marezek the, the torch, the long-term torch. Uh, we'll see, but right now they don't have anybody in their minor system that can jump up and fill that spot. They have Tom McCollum, who's been in the organization for years, A first-round pick from, uh, God, I can't remember when they drafted him. That's how long ago. Um, Jared Corot. I mean, none of these guys are in line to take over the succession from jimmy howard when he's done um and what do they do with jimmy howard when his contract runs out are they going to resign him Uh, you know he's had injury issues throughout his career um he's played great when he has been healthy but when he's come back from an injury he's looked mediocre at best so the goaltending is a huge issue that i hope ken holland looks at and really examines here in the off season or uh during the trade deadline. Now you talked about big picture with the Red Wings. They have a ton of RFAs heading into next year. Uh with Atheon C U, Larkin, Mantha, uh, Ferk, uh all these guys who are starting to contribute to the team this year. Ferk has been uh great this year. He's twenty four years old. Now he's placed on waivers, claimed by Carolina, placed on waivers again and reclaimed by the Red Wings. You know, he's starting to find his own here with Red Wings. Is he a guy that is long-term with the Red Wings? I'd like to believe so. I think he's starting to show that he's ready for the NHL. Mantha, of course, is ready for the NHL. Larkin, you know, he's he's bounced back from his sophomore slump uh, this year and has played really, really well. Um, they have a lot of contracts that these guys are going to command money for heading into next season, and they have no space for them because they are right up against the cap. So some of these guys either have to be moved if if they're going to sign them, or they're going to have to buy out some of these guys. And we're talking buyout like Helm, um, Jonathan Erickson probably needs to be bought out. So there's a few guys on this roster that will have to go I, before the. Ret- I, I can could see
2: Morazic and then Masu getting moved, Brian. And who? Masu. Uh,
3: oh, Anthony, to I always... you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's your favorite name to pronounce. I know.
2: I know. I always switch <laughs> that, that, that one. My life on the line. Is to get two. it. Was... Uh, yeah, that
0: one I forget. get. We're talking with Brian Yates, co-host of the NHL on the Ice podcast here on the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I wanted to get back to the goaltending situation for a second to where I, listening to you talk and describe it, it seems like there might be a parallel to be drawn with St. Louis and, and Brian Elliott, Jake Allen situation that seemed to take forever to just play itself out and where finally they just had to, to move Elliott out in order to hand the reins to Brian Elliott, who for the longest time to me seemed like he... he Management at least wanted him to take the reins, and they believed that he would take the reins. But injuries, of course, had something to do with it. But is there a parallel to be drawn with those two situations where the the decision is going to have to come in the front office? uh, Which one they're going to move out to, to really bring resolution to that situation in the net?
3: Yeah, there there are some, but the only difference I think is that they had confidence in Jake Allen to eventually take over that spot. With Peter Morazic, I, I don't know if they're very confident that he is the man that he's right. going to take the torch from Jimmy Howard when Howard's contract is over. Um Morazic is a free agent or a restricted free agent after this year and he makes four million already. So Are they going to dish out enough? I mean, they are so up against the cap. I mean, they have one, two, um, six RFAs to deal with next year. So, I mean, are you going to invest that much money into Mrazic when you still have another year in Jimmy Howard left? I mean, somebody has to be moved. Um, Whether Howard is cut loose and traded or bought out or, you know, and they go long-term with Mrazic, Or they cut Mrazic loose, trade him, and they stay with Howard. Um, But the the confidence in Mrazic I don't think is there with the front office. I don't think they're confident that he is able to take over, unlike St. Louis that they knew Jake Allen was going to be the
0: successor to Brian Elliott. Right, right. Well, Chris... Why don't you jump back yeah. in and finish up the Red Wings talk here, and then I want to get Brian's just thoughts on, on Vegas, since this is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, um, and and we'll go from there.
2: Actually, I want to get Brian's thoughts, and it was funny. When I went down, uh, we were doing the NHL on the Ice podcast, which we do on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> we are on air, and the deal came down. So, Brian, why don't you tell everybody what your thoughts were from the Duchesne deal. How do you feel about it for Ottawa and Nashville, and, and how do you feel about it for Colorado?
3: Well, that was a fun night last week. Uh, Sunday we broke the news uh, during our show that, you know, the trade had gone down. And just when all the pieces were starting to finally fall into place and, and we gathered them, it, it it was a very weird trade. Um. On the Ottawa side, because it looked like Ottawa gave up so much for so little. And the reason why I mean by that is they get the Shane, but yet I, well, he's got one more year left on his contract. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, one more year for this. Two more. Years. Yeah. Yeah. One
2: That's more year after this. Yeah.
3: And they can't negotiate with him until next year. So, I mean, they're thinking long term here, obviously, with this trade. But I mean, if they don't get the Shane signed long term, it's a complete busted deal, I believe, for Ottawa, which I'm sure they're going to do whatever they Absolutely. can to get them long term. Um, but, I mean, does the chain want to be in Ottawa? I'm sure having a fresh start there will help them a lot. But they have to get them signed. Uh, Nashville already took care of their end. They signed tourists six years, $36 million. Um, and they got their number two center that they needed, uh, which I believe that they were probably a center short of um, pushing Pittsburgh to the brink of seven games or if not winning the Stanley Cup last year. And, of course, Colorado make, makes out in the deal. And, and that was the biggest issue that uh, we had last year is did Nashville have enough depth when uh, Johansson or Ryan Johansson, Johansson went Fisher. out. And Fisher, they had no centers. They had nobody to yep. step up. So with Kyle Turris the there, I, that uh, fills in a huge gaping hole that they've had uh, at center position over the last two years. And I thought they did a great job in, in the trade. Um, they gave up Sam Gerrard, who I think is, is probably like a B-plus prospect. I mean, it's not a home run Thomas Shabbat, but it's a guy who will fill in and, and, and long-term will be there. And be, probably build their defense around Gerard for for the long term. But I mean, uh, Colorado made out. I mean, uh, you know, they got picks, they got prospects, all for Fischin. I who really hasn't been a a world beater in the NHL. Uh, so I, I I just think Ottawa needs to lock him down. I, I think they need to surround talent with him, lock him down uh, for Ottawa to not be a bust in, in, in this trade?
0: Well, my worry is, and we were talking with Russ Cohen earlier in the show about it, and uh, obviously Ottawa is a budget team, and they're not going to go to the cap. So w- you come come next year, if, you know, they they open negotiations, and, and it, you know, be shame If he gets 25, 30 goals, he's going to be a 6, 7... Seven and a half million dollar full term player. Um, I don't think that's in Ottawa's budget. And do we come to the trade deadline next year and Ottawa ends up having to move Duchesne because the writings on the wall that he's not going to resign with them? The trade becomes a giant bust for Ottawa, does it not?
3: Oh, absolutely. Unless, unless which I they probably won't get the return that Colorado
0: did. Um, for sure. I, I don't think there's any chance they'll get that return. <laughs> it took well, Zach a you know, year they, to get that. Right. And
3: unless, you know, come next year, they, they start negotiations with the Sheen and get him signed probably before the season starts, you you, you dig yourself a hole. You start looking, well, you know, if we're not going to sign this guy, we're going to have to what move do we him do? up. Yeah. Right. Are, are we going to get the same haul as we did Colorado? No. I mean, they don't have a first or second round draft pick in this upcoming draft. Um, could they move them at the draft possibly if, you know, they can't you know, negotiate a contract with them?
0: Uh, you uh, know, if they go that it, long, they're in big trouble. If they're yeah, at the draft exactly. and and there's only a week left before before free agency starts, now you're looking at, uh, I mean, what did the Kings get for Ben Bishop's negotiating rights? A fifth round pick, former two-time Vezina yeah, Trophy but- f- finalist.
2: But they have shane till uh, through next season, so
0: this next season, Yeah, well, end, I was,
2: in the next season.
0: Yeah, that's what I was. thinking. And saying. that and and that's if it goes also all been the way in my, through next season, right? Then that then you oh, get I to the draft. You. Now you're in big trouble.
2: Yeah, well, then then you get very little back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've
0: always yeah.
2: I've always felt that that's been a big reason why it took so long to get Duchene traded was the acquiring team, uh, in this case Ottawa did give up a lot of talent. And there is uncertainty. I mean, sure, I'm sure now they're going to just let everything breathe for the rest of the season. And hopefully things go really well with Tushane and Ottawa and the team. And and then he wants to be here and they can work out a contract. But like I said, there is a risk in, you know, involved. You're giving up uh, strong talent here. Uh, it probably really worked for them because they cut their top three uh, kids. And the fact that they weren't going to sign Kyle Torres, they came to that. Uh, not thinking, and so, but at the end of the day, they did give up a lot for him. Now, I will say this: if they win a cup, and I know that's a huge if, in the next two years, mm-hmm. and Deshane walks at that point, well, you know, you can live with that. That's 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 okay. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not saying they're the favorite after this year to win a cup. But I'm just saying if they were to, you know, keep in mind they were one goal away from getting to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Maybe sure. if they had Matthew, if they had Matthew Shane in that overtime, it could have made a difference. So if they could win a cup, I mean, remember, uh, I brought this up last week on, on the NHL on the Ice podcast. You know, the night is going back a ways, but the 94 Rangers, you know, they traded a, a rookie, a couple of youngsters, and Tony Amante and Doug Wade went on to have huge careers right before the trade deadline to win a cup, and, uh, you know, again, you don't look if you're a Ranger fan. You all don't is look forgiven. Back. Exactly. You you, you don't right. look back. Uh, now, if they didn't win that cup, oh, uh, that would have been a nightmare scenario. So,
3: Oh uh, the repercussions would have been, yeah, Oof. people would have been getting fired.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: but you got Messier's look- guarantee, so yeah, all was good. Yeah. Well, Rick to bail the <laughs> back, But anyway. <laughs> Oh, the island. But remember. Comes
3: out. Uh, always. Always in <laughs> Chris. Always. But remember, yes,
0: they, they they
3: have two big restricted free agents that need to be signed next year, and that's Cody C.C. and Mark Stone as well. So, you know, they have to invest money in, in those two restricted yeah. free agents. And Desheen becomes unrestricted. So, I mean, he could walk anytime. And that's the, the, the main thing with Desheen. It's, you know, with some of these guys, their RFAs, they still get to keep the rights so they can negotiate exclusive, exclusively with them. But with DeShane, it's a huge risk because he becomes a UFA in 1920. And, and there's that chance, hey, if I don't get $7 million, 2019, 2020, isn't that what oh, I, said? Okay. I thought,
0: you said? Yeah, you said 1920, but I, I, I read oh, that as 19, the roaring point. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> uh,
3: you know, he could just say, hey, look, if I don't get – you know, Bobby Ryan makes seven point two five. If I don't get that much money, I'm walking, and that's a huge risk on Ottawa for them to take. Now, Bobby Ryan,
0: his deal's up this year, correct? No, no he's, he's got, got so
2: he's got like four or five more, four more years to go. Oh no, I
0: thought he was through twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, oh, so that cute. money is not. Available. But you know
2: what? If you're Matt Duchene, though, and after being through all this drama. I don't, uh, before handing back to Mark there, Brian on uh, on the knights, your thoughts on the knights. But um, you know you've been through all this drama the last year and a half. If you go through the season and you wind up being really happy in Ottawa, and if Ottawa's willing to give you a max deal, an eight-year deal, which no other team can do, and give you a full no-move clause, so you you don't have this drama anymore. And they're willing to pay you a really good rate, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a touch less, but an eight-year deal and that no move clause. I could see him saying, you know what, I'm happy here. Uh, I got the eight-year deal. They can't trade me without my okay. I don't, I have that behind me. Uh, let's let's get a deal done. I I could see that happening.
3: Absolutely, it's very well possible that could happen. But again, it's a Canadian team. You get paid less in Canada. Uh, you know, and a lot of a lot of UFA's stay clear away from signing with Canadian teams just because of the rate of money. So there's that there. And look, he he can walk away and just say, look, I can go wherever I want. I yep. go highest bidder, even though even though they can give me the max of eight years and, and max money, um, I could probably get a lot of money somewhere else and still make the same amount because of the difference of money between Canadian or money more. and American.
0: Right. You're going to get somebody to overpay for him. He, I could see seven years, seven million. If he has a good two years here, I could see, I could see him going as a $7 million oh, yeah. player with the way the salaries are ramping up with the uh, McDavid's and Eichel's going tens and twelves and Kane and Tays that they're ten and a half, and Kopitar ten and a half. Well, Duchene would be in that, in my opinion, if he has a good couple of years, he's going to be in that next tier salary structure. I don't think that's really a stretch to where someone could no, could, I, I
2: think could go to seven game, and a half even. Yeah, he, maybe if he, eight if he
0: scores 30, 25 and thirty, he he, yeah, he, he could go seven eight, years, seven, seven, eight, seven and a dollars. Um, that's fifty six. So if if Ottawa's budget is five five and a half. And they can only oh, yeah, offer one more year. Um, that's not even close, right? I mean, I think it's a huge win. Yeah, I, I got to say, it's, that it's a win to now see move. That. It's a win now move.
2: Yeah. I oh, think, absolutely. I think
0: and I, I think Nashville, as far as the win now scenario, um, got the better fit. I don't know. I still want to see how Duchesne um, fits into the 200 foot game that Ottawa plays. Um, I know he brings speed and I know he brings goals, but we've seen a lot of goal scorers and I use the Kings as an example because they're a West coast team and I'm a Kings fan. Um, we've seen a lot of guys on the, in, in a defensive first structured 200 foot game, um, really struggle as goal scorers and go, other places into different systems um, and put 30, 35 goals up. Brian Boyle scored 30 goals once he left the Kings. Teddy Purcell was a two-time 30-goal scorer once he left the Kings. So I wonder how how going out of a a less a, a more offensive-oriented scheme, if you will, in Colorado to a to a more defensive 200-foot game structure as they play in Ottawa. I wonder if that hurts his numbers any. No, that's a good
3: question, and you know, it, it, we'll I guess we're going you know, we're, you know, two games into his career with <laughs> Ottawa, right? so, uh, yeah, well, I, it, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, when half the season's over, where he's at, um, you know, stats wise, points wise, playing wise, um, it, you know, it, I, I think Ottawa needs to make a long-term deci- decision, short-term. I mean they they I think they only have a a a small window to examine of how he will fit in the system if he's worth the money that he'll probably ask
0: for. Uh well, I, for me personally I'm I'm glad the deal's over with and uh hopefully hopefully this will be the last time that that Chris wants to bring it up and talk about it <laughs> Cause i know, this will be I've it. Been, oh my goodness this thing just Spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and circled and and thank goodness it's over with, and it's been like a vampire. Pers- yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just undead. It's a zombie event now. Hopefully, someone threw it in the fire and and we won't have to. All we can talk about now is how they're doing on the ice, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But Brian, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask where where you are, as far as your home base.
3: uh show wise or. Yeah, where 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 do you hang your hat? Oh. Uh, we hang our hat on WBLZ Sports, uh, the NHL on the Ice Show. We record our show on Sunday evenings, and then it's replayed on WBLZ Sports on uh, Monday night or Monday mornings, depends on the schedule. But uh, we do our live show Sunday evenings on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Fanspeak is our site where we do it off of on Blog Talk, so... Uh, if you want to listen to us live, you can join in or you can listen to the replay on WBLZ Sports.
0: Awesome, awesome. And one last thing before we got to let you go. Um, what, I, and I know, I know the perspective here in Las Vegas about about the Vegas Golden Knights. They're going to win the next 10 Stanley Cups if I listen to everybody here who actually has never covered hockey before. And uh, a lot of sports writers here in town are, are uh, like last night, and, and no offense to the Golden Knights, they're, they're doing a Great job in the community, but I'm listening to the game last night on the radio and they're referring to Patrick Line A as Patrick Lane um so there's, there's I wanted to tweet out hey it's not lane it's it's line A, and I couldn't figure out how to uh enunciate that on Twitter but uh for, for, be that as it may uh what what's your your thoughts on on the golden Knights and if if you've seen them play what what do you think is sustainable? outside of the spinal tap goalie curse that's hit him. Um, and and what do you think might pop the air in the balloon, if you will? Well,
3: I think you, you hit it. it the, what pops the air in the balloon is the uh, lack of depth in goaltending in the organization. But it's, it's been a fun team to watch. I mean, to see this team compete night in, night out, steal games that they probably shouldn't steal, um, and, and – they just battle every night, and it's been a fun team to watch. Uh, you know, there is, right now their goaltending is their Achilles' heel, uh, I believe. But you know what? If, if they can keep grinding it out till Mark Andre Fleury comes back, um, you know, it, they they can survive this. And you know what? It, the way this team was built, and and the way the NHL allowed them to build it, made them very competitive right away. And Chris and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago is that they didn't want a San Jose Sharks expansion team where they take five, six years to compete right away. You know, they didn't want Atlanta Thrashers or Senators or or Lightning. You know, they didn't want this organization to struggle for the first five years because that's when you lose your fan base. When you can get a team that can come in and compete right away, you, you grab that fan base, right? And you get them excited just like, you know. It is right now because right now, I mean, this team's battling night in, night out. They're second in their division. Um, They're fun to watch. They're competitive to watch. Um, You know, at home they're seven and one. I mean, they're the only loss at home, I believe, is the Red Wings, right?
0: Yes, that's correct. That was the game Mark on Flurry Flurry got 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 hurt in, and they left a concussed Flurry in for thirty minutes, and he gave up four goals. Oh, so that's they were they were. We butchered
3: that. We we we. I was so, I was so mad that they left him in, or either he stayed in and they left him in. Because we talked about that that Sunday on the shows. You know, don't they have a concussion protocol? What? Why did yeah, he not get they're,
1: pulled? they supposed I mean, to be. he saw him struggling. To be
0: his right, and well, right well, when it happened, he laid face down and he laid face down in his crease with his head in his hands. Right when it happened. Now, any spotter who's watching the game has to get him out, at least for the 15 minutes in the quiet room. Absolutely. And, and now I, he's I, and been out have... almost a month.
3: Right. And he, so. you, you, he played the rest of the game that you lost, and then you lose him for a month. And then you, it, it, it's been a, a complete uh, domino effect. You know, Subin goes down, huh. Dance goes down. You know, and it's been awful. Trust me, I've had these guys on my fantasy teams, you know, right? And it's pissing me <laughs> off that they keep playing <laughs> All right,
0: it's killing no, me. No doubt, uh, no doubt.
3: But I mean, it, it's a fun, competitive team. It's you know, and it's from top to bottom. Every player is contributing. It's not like one player is is dominating Absolutely. the team or relying on one player. It's it's top to bottom competitive. And look, they got pieces that they can move, and and that's you know, if they end up on the cusp or out of the playoffs, they've got guys that they can move. Um you know, James Neal, I mean, he's 30 years old at $5 million. I mean, will you re-sign him long-term? Eh, you know, not a long-term deal. Maybe three-year deal, if that, but I'm sure he'll want long-term. Same thing with David Perron. He's a UFA. So, I mean, you have pieces to move if you want, and that's the one thing that McPhee has done. I mean, he in he's added a lot of assets in the draft. 2019, he has stockpiled... Seven picks in the first three rounds for 2019. Um, so
0: Absolutely.
2: He's got it's to stockpile, awesome. though, guys, draft picks for 2018. I think he only has five picks for this upcoming draft, so that's where uh, he's gonna. he's got to trade some of these guys that stockpile those first three rounds. I
3: don't think he has a second round pick this year, so he's, he's
0: got to work he will. this
3: year. He will. They don't have a fourth round pick next year, but Yeah, he will. I mean, he's got the pieces uh, to move guys. I mean, uh, your backlog on defense. So you move some of the pieces on on defense, uh, bring up some of the younger guys, you know, and and get them playing and get them going. But uh, I I love the way this team has been built for the short term and possibly for the long term.
0: Absolutely. The uh the game, the game in Toronto on the road trip. I don't know if you saw, but that's. I think that that game and and they're seven one at home, but but they're they had a bad road trip with a minor league backup goalie in the pipes. They're still three four and one on the road. They're they're pumping forty seven, forty eight percent of their road points into the bank right now mm-hmm. in this That 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 comes back later and later on, and once those points are in the bank, you know you, you can't take them away from this. But the the Toronto game, that was just. I mean, that's the type of game that I think the NHL wants the league to move towards. If if anybody caught the, the Toronto game, the Toronto jumped out to a lead early. They were up 3-1. Vegas, as they will do, um, fought their way back into it, tied it, and the overtime in that game was just phenomenal. Some, one of the best games I've seen all year was that that Golden Knights-Toronto game. Fast skill, skill on both sides. Vegas the, had more skill than we thought they were going to have. Um, and the, their puck movers, Nate Schmidt, I, I want to shout Nate Schmidt out. That guy's phenomenal. Um, the way he shows up at the rink night in and night out and competes, um, Colin Miller quarterbacking the blue line, eventually that's going to shift over to Shea Theodore. Um, once, you know, he has a little bit more seasoning and a full time spot opens up. They're still having to scratch guys in and out just to get Shea Theodore in the lineup, even though he is now on the NHL roster. Um, very, very interesting start to the season for this team, and, and like, like you said, Guy Boucher said that they were the hardest working team that he scouted in the NHL. Period, and, it, and it's not even close. These guys get they get sticks in every passing lane. Um, they compete on every fifty-fifty puck, most times winning it, and all all the effort plays that don't show up in in the stat sheets. Um, these guys these guys show up and compete for every single night. And I think that's, if you can, if you can put that into an 82 game schedule and, and, and at the end of the season, you hang up, hang up your gear. And I think they and the community will be proud of where they finish up regardless if they make the playoffs or not.
3: And you credit your head coach for that. Gerard Gallant has done a phenomenal 100%. job. He Look what, what he did in Florida. Of right and he now. got shafted. Yep. Yeah. So he got shafted in Florida in my Called opinion. Him
0: a cap. Right? Called him a cap. Yeah. Yeah, I got should I, I
3: in,
0: in Florida. 100%. I, I remember talking with Chris about it on this show when that happened, and, and uh, Chris might remember I was more than a little bit furious for a team that hadn't made the playoffs in, I think, 21 years to have a coach that comes in, increases your points by 36 points the first year, takes you to the playoffs the second year, and you get 11 games, I think, to start the next season, and they sack yeah. you, or maybe they were – Ten and eleven, and they call you a cab on the road and say "see you later." Um, when they announced him as the coach, I was thinking Lindy Ruff might be the front runner, but they apparently they had eye on Gallant the whole time. Um, fantastic job, Jack Adams, right now.
3: Yeah, if you had to give it in the first two months of the season, absolutely. And I and I really hope that they can keep this pace up. Um, you know, being competitive night in, night out. And and you look at the division and look, it's it's not a great division. I mean, you got the Kings, uh Vancouver, I, I don't think they can last. Calgary's floating Agreed. around. Anaheim struggling. I mean, injuries they're are killing them up. right now. Well, right. Yep. And it Sharks are I mean it, I mean they're all right there though. It's not like any team is out of it except the coyotes. Uh Edmonton, <laughs> I mean Edmonton, <laughs> what a big <laughs> The Coyotes are terrible. But I mean coyotes. Edmonton, you know, they just called up uh Pujarvi today and he's yeah. playing he got his first goal of the season and, and they needed a spark in edmonton to get get back on track but look i mean only seven points separate second place and seventh place in this division um but i don't think some of these teams can sustain their success like vancouver uh i think the sharks have fallen off without Marlowe. uh the dark Ducks are battling injuries, and the Knights can jump on that and take advantage of that and get a nice gap between them. You're going to see the Knights in the playoffs for the and for their first season.
2: Oh, boy, I mean, it's boy, a good boy.
3: possibility. When they, <laughs> I, I look back at it and I and I examine. it I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? There's there's a lot of talent here. That you know what? If everything falls right, this team can battle for a playoff spot and unfortunately it's the goaltending that could be their what was their strength could be their weakness
0: yeah no that if, if flurry comes back and and chris made a good point they have two games in the next 10 days they do uh the edmonton vancouver trip and then they have their five-day buy or yeah their their week by so it, look for look for legacy to play the two canadian games and then flurry has been skating in practice since Tuesday. And Coach Coach had said once you see him on the ice, he's four to five days away. But I don't see why you, you would, you know, put him in for these two games when you know you have another week after that. And the farther you get from a concussion, obviously, the better off you are. So if uh, – and, and Legacy last night made a couple of just fantastic saves um, to keep the game where it was um, when it was close before the Knights uh, – kind of pulled away from Winnipeg who's has been red hot. Um, So, so if you can get through the next two and then Flurry comes back and can stay healthy, um, I like their chances. I had them over under 70 points to start the season. And I, I think, I think I'm pretty safe at 70, but even let's say Anaheim gets everybody back after Christmas and they go on a nice run like they did last year and they bump up to number two, Calgary finds their game. They bump up to three. I still see Vegas in the uh, – the Central isn't setting the world on fire right now either. Um, so I, I could see Vegas battling for 7-8 in the wild card spots, even if they do fall back out of the top three in the Pacific pretty easily. As long as your goaltending
3: don't fail them, and as long as they keep you know, – they're in the middle of the pack of shots against. Which is nice. I mean, you're not giving up a, a, uh, you know 37 shots a game like Florida is, but you're not giving right. up 28 shots like San Jose. And look at where San Jose is. But they're right in the middle of the pack of 31.8 sh- shots a game that they're giving up. So, I mean, as long as they keep it below that area shots per game, um, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, the defense is nice. I mean, they got some young guys. They got some veterans there. Like you said, Nate Schmidt's done a great job. Um, Derek England. I mean, you got to love yeah. what England brings to the team. Uh, Visa, uh You know, Stoner. I mean, veteran guys in there with with a little mix of some of the younger guys. So I mean, you, you got to like what they're bringing to the table. I mean, it's so bad that they had to send Jason Garrison down to the minors.
0: Um, right. That's another defense. piece that you might, that you might be able to, uh, move at the deadline for a good second, third round pick. Um, and, and cause you're still heavy on D you're still, you know, the Reinhardt's the Garrison's you're, you're still heavy at that position. So the, you know, if you could do a Neil Perron, hopefully re-sign Marcia. So, and then get a couple of the defenses, even if you're moving them for that fifth-round pick or fourth-round pick. If you could get four deals done at the deadline, uh, kind of solidify your roster the rest of the way, and, and go into the offseason with, with a nice stash of, of picks for this upcoming draft, which looks to be shaping up into a pretty solid and deep draft, then, then kudos to the club. They've done a great job. But I
3: think their strength is on the defense, and and to move guys. Look, I would love to see like Neil sign. Hey, look, I love it here. I want to sign a, a two three year deal and stick around and be successful yeah. with this club. Or, or even David Perron. I mean,
0: I mean they're putting a, nice a lot to the table. Of, yeah, they're I'm, they're putting I'm a, a lot out of David Perron that I didn't that I didn't expect to see. He is a beast to get the puck from when he's when he's on the wall and in the corners. It's pretty much his puck. Um, and and everyone else is just living on that puck. But he it's his puck. And he he saves a lot of possession time in the offensive zone that protects that goaltender situation and keeps the teams from going the other way just by his tenacity on the puck. And I'm I'm really liking what Perron brings to this team.
3: So if you can, instead of moving him right away, you know, hold on them for a couple of years. See this team succeed. You know, have some players here that can help this organization grow and uh you know and, and go from there you know hopefully you don't have to get rid of them right away that they will want to stay and see this organization succeed
0: absolutely absolutely well sir thank you for spending so much your time with us this saturday morning um we're absolutely, gonna have to let general. you go uh make sure everybody uh follows nhl on the ice on twitter and tune in sunday nights on blog rock talk radio to catch brian and chris uh, for the NHL on the Ice podcast, Brian. Thank you so much, sir, and we will definitely be talking to you down the road. Thanks, gentlemen.
2: Thanks, Brian. It's all right. Tonight.
0: All right. All right. Well, Chris, that's gonna that's gonna bring us into our overtime segment uh, breakdown. We, I mean, we pretty much got into it already. But give me give me what I hope to be the final thoughts on the matter. Shane deal from, from the Chris Lisa perspective.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Ottawa got the best player in the deal. Um, to say the least and Matt Shane, Um, I think you'll write it. Like I said, you write it out. Yes. They, 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 they're deep organizational, uh, in terms of young talent. So that allowed them to take a chance and take a little bit of a risk. And sometimes you have to do that. So, um, We'll see what the future holds, but um, Max Shane's going to be there the next couple of years. So, uh, to me, he's a phenomenal uh, – he's not a one, but he if he's your second-line center, he's like a 1A. So, uh, you know, obviously Nashville, again, dealing from strength. Uh, if they did not have the current blue line core that they did, they probably don't trade a Sam Girard with his upside, his uh, – you know he's knocking on the. He's probably on a regular uh, on that team right now, uh, but because they're deep on the blue line, they can trade a Girard, They can trade uh, a second round pick and, and a prospect. Um, so and and Landa Kyle Torres, and now all of a sudden Nick Benino is your third third line center. Uh, for Colorado, yeah, how I'm about in, that? Yeah, you know, you know, from Colorado's perspective, you know I've been tough on Satic. I would give him a and granted uh there's a difficult situation which a lot of which he caused. But having said all that, I would give him a grade of an A minus on this deal. Um, you know, again with prospects, you never know. I I remember a few years ago uh the Caps were going for it and they landed Martin Erat from the Predators and they gave up uh their uh first round pick from the year before in Philip Forsberg and no one really made a big to do about it that Forsberg was traded and then all of a sudden Forsberg turned into the player that he has. So, um, I think Gerard's going to be really good. Uh, will he be elite? You know, time will tell. Um, I don't think the, the, the other two kids they got, I think have a chance to be very good, especially Bowers and you know, they have to, they have to do well with those draft picks. Uh, this is a good draft to have those draft picks. So, uh, I'm a uh, definitely a glass half, on this trade for Colorado, I would give them a grade of an A minus. To get, you know, Andre, with respect to Mr. Hammond aside, to get six assets uh, for Shane who was going to be a free agent in, uh, after next season, uh, that is a lot. And this is not an organization that has a deep prospect pipeline. So it, it, it served a need in more ways than one. Uh, this trade for Colorado. So uh, you know, kudos to them and. And who you know you you want to know something? They still need help on defense, big picture. So maybe uh you know maybe the kid they got from Nashville, uh he gets traded for you know down the line a bit for a defenseman or maybe Shane Bowers does uh but uh, they needed they needed young talent. So uh, uh you know again like Russ said I could see this deal uh, working out well for all three. But kudos to Zach to getting you know an extra team involved to getting extra assets it was uh, very shrewd uh. Very
0: shrewd move to say the least. let me put it to you this way if you take out Colorado and you're Nashville and Ottawa and or Nat, yeah Nashville and Ottawa, and you trade tourists for Duchenne with picks and prospects going both ways, what do you think? Who wins that
2: deal? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I again. That, I
0: mean,
2: that's I'm, the interesting I, I part Ju- to me. Yeah, I mean, I think Duchesne's is a better player, but then it's fitting into systems, like you you brought up before. Um, you know, Turris is which you know he the Turis, You know, he doesn't have to go in there and be the guy. See, in a way, it's a little bit harder for Duchesne. He he's going to go in. There's been so much expectations on him, and also too, a lot of it is too because Matt Duchesne was the third overall pick a number of years ago. And I think that's also made this trade complicated in terms of how people have evaluated him in terms of, like, oh, he was the third overall pick, Like, whereas if he was the 13th overall pick in that draft, uh, maybe maybe things would have gone smoother, if that makes any sense. But uh, um, So there'll be a little bit more of a, a target, if you will, from that standpoint, whereas Kyle Torres, Especially since he just signed his contract too, he doesn't even have to worry about that. So sometimes that could be a hindrance, sometimes that could be a plus. Um, he just goes in, fits in, uh, plays his game, contributes, uh, be the second line guy for Nashville. Um, he doesn't have to be, uh, um, you know, he doesn't have to be the uh, Charles in charge on that team or anything. He just has to fit in. So, uh, so it will be a little bit easier from that, from that perspective as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I like the deal from 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 both of those teams' perspectives. They're both going forward. They both gave up uh, quite a bit of futures, but they both both are organizations that are deep. And when you have a deep organization in any sport, you, you know, you can trade. It's a lot easier to trade out of the cupboard when there's 10, 12 pieces in it versus if you're a franchise where there's only a couple, and then you trade in that couple, and now there's nothing left in the cupboard. So uh, both organizations, uh, you know, you look at it, you know, Nashville gave up a lot of futures, but they kept their top two kids, and Dante Fabro, who's their first-round pick, also a defenseman uh, a couple years ago, and the kid who slipped in the draft, uh, uh, Tala Linen, I believe, was lighting up the KHL for Nashville was their first-round pick from this past year. And we mentioned before about Ottawa not having to give up Shabbat, Colin White, or Logan Brown, all, you know, all elite kids, By all sure. elite kids. So, you know, again, they gave up a lot of talent, but they still have a lot of talent left, and that's the kind of organization that needed to, needed to find, too. So I I really do think it'll work. Now, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, and, and ironically, years, from a Colorado yeah, perspective, right, well, the thing is, from a Nashville and Ottawa perspective, I think we'll know over the next two years, how this deal worked out for them. From a Colorado perspective, for sure. it could take five, six years. be four because, years.
0: Yeah, at least four. Yeah,
2: well, those three draft picks, you know, Shane Bowers is probably a couple of years away from the NHL at least, two to three years away. He's playing college hockey. He's an 18-year-old kid. And the three yep. draft picks this June, Uh, you know, they're not picking him until the 7th June. Three years yeah. out, yeah. So it could be five, six years, uh, uh, to evaluate from a Colorado end, but I think they did on paper in terms of the value of the assets, you got they got to be happy.
0: Yep, yeah. and and I think the biggest point is does Ottawa re-sign him after next season, or hopefully before after next season? Because if not, that's that's doomed for, for a front office. That's uh, you're going down the Dean Lombardi road right there. That's,
2: yeah, I mean, know. like I said, I think they're, I think they're playing I don't think they would have done. I think that's their plan. Uh, now, I, at the same token, I, I, you're gonna want to wait and see. Let this, let this breathe a little bit, and you know, hopefully, let it's just Matt go out, play hockey, play well, like we know you can, and and hopefully for them, they ha, they they have a big year, and he's like I said, he's happy here, and I, if I was him, the last thing I would want, uh, I would think. Let, oh, the first thing we want is some kind of certainty about my future. where It's been so up and down. So he wants to be happy here. He could be very open to signing an extension uh, this coming summer, uh, and he's a Canadian kid too. So uh, sure. I, I, I don't. I don't think if Ottawa was going to be anywhere near the ballpark of what it would take to sign him, uh, that they would make this trade. I, I really don't. Uh, I, that. that doesn't seem to make now. that doesn't. That's not a guarantee that, that at the end of the day they're going to be able to resign him. But if they're like, you know what, the most we can do is five, five and a half. You know, well, we know that's not going to get it done. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that. But you know, maybe, maybe they feel like, hey, we have a two-year window with this trade with him, and while we're giving up really good pieces, we didn't give up our cream of the crop. Let's go for it and see what happens. You know, there, like I said, there are a lot of franchises and all of sports, we've done that in the past. Sometimes it's worked and uh, wonderfully, and sometimes it's worked terribly. So, um, but we'll we'll have to, like I said, we'll have to wait and see on that.
0: Well, all righty, Chris, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, tell them where to find us and let us know what's on tap.
2: Yeah. So again, on Twitter, uh, we're at the Vegas Hockey Pod. You can find us on the Sportsology SoundCloud page. Uh, just search under Sportsology or Russ Cohen under SoundCloud.com. We're on the Grandstand Sports Network. That's GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. We're at. You can find our show at TheHockeyWriters.com. You can find us on Block Talk Radio. Just search Vegas Hockey Podcast. And you can also find us on iTunes as well. Next week, we have another great guest. We have a returning guest, Mr. Justin Bradford, author of Welcome to Smashville. Uh, Where the Predators are at, there's kind of been been more up and down. But, you know, they have a decent record. But probably not up to their standards and what they hope to accomplish this year. So we're going to be checking in with him
0: next week, talking some Preds. All right, buddy, another good job, another great show in the books. Uh, We'll be talking to everybody next week for Chris on Mark, and we're gone.